This is the Global Edge Business Beat on the Michigan Business Network, also available worldwide in more than 200 countries on Global Edge. And I'm your host, Thomas Holt. Today we're on location in Washington, D.C. One of our friends, Ram Adambi. He is the Frank Speakman, I think that's correct, a professor of strategy in the Fox School of Business at Temple University. And he started a fascinating project, uh, this acronym IBEGIN. I'm going to let him uh, talk about that and what it means for companies. Welcome to the show, Ram. Thanks very much, Tomas. Wonderful to be here. All right. So we're on location in a nice hotel in Washington, D.C., and we're here for political reasons. And part of what you're doing with this I Begin is to try to figure out basically cities and apparently some countries as well. So tell the listeners about I Begin. Okay, I Begin is an acronym which stands for International Business, Economic Geography, and Innovation. It represents our view that innovation is the key source of value creation in the modern economy. Now, Thomas, you mentioned the, mentioned the term clusters and cities. Now, clusters are the hubs of value creation in the modern economy. I'll just throw two words at you, Silicon Valley, okay? This is really, this is, in a nutshell, sums up what these are. Michael Porter, I think many people who know anything about business have heard, heard the name. Michael Porter popularized the notion of clusters as key sources of value creation and wealth creation in modern economies. Now, the idea of clusters, agglomeratives, specialized centers, this has been around for over 100 years, since Alfred Marshall. But till relatively recently, these clusters are very local. And I think what's happened over the last 20 years, last 30 years, is the forces of globalization have become so powerful that no cluster is an island, no city is an island, no location can create value all by itself. And so an equally important source of cluster advantage is connectivity, connections to other locations. I mean, the one thing that's interesting, of course, if we talk to our Michigan listeners, is we got Detroit that's uh, a big city, uh, almost famous city, the big three automakers, and then the downfall, the bankruptcy, and coming out of bankruptcy. And it's not the the state goes as Detroit goes, but uh, these big cities obviously have impact on the states that they're in and and vice versa. So figuring out uh, the states in the context of the cities and perhaps in the context of the countries, that sort of leads to the next question. Talk about some of the cities you've analyzed and perhaps also countries and some of the findings and what you got out of that. Actually, that's a very, very, very nice question. Quite uh, coincidentally, what the city that we have just published an interesting research paper on is on Detroit. We studied the Detroit Auto Cluster, and one of the things we find is that the Detroit story is is interesting for a number of number of reasons. One is, as you correctly pointed out, Detroit in the news appears as a basket case. It ba- appears basically for very negative reasons. We see pictures all the time of, of poverty. We see pictures of closing factories. We see pictures of unemployment lines. All these negative negative things. However, our research shows that over the last 40 years, Detroit has been innovatively, in terms of innovation output, doing very, very well. In fact, Detroit innovation output is r- running at the rate of twice the U.S. average. So, US is a- so Detroit is actually doing very well innovatively. Now, how, wh- what, is the, what is this innovation based on? What's happened essentially is that the same forces that have created the malaise, the economic malaise, which is basically the collapse of manufacturing in Detroit, are the same forces that have led to its innovative excellence. Because Detroit has specialized increasingly about the high value activities in the value chain on R&D, on innovation, and outsources manufacturing to low cost locations. And so innovatively, it's actually doing extremely well. This innovation is based on two things. The big three automakers are reaching out into global centers of excellence. They're reaching out to their subsidiaries in Germany in the UK, in France, and in Japan, pulling knowledge in. At the same time, foreign, mainly for foreign parts makers, 
like BASF, like Bosch, and increasingly more, more recently, even the Japanese companies like Nissan and Toyota are setting up R&D centers in Detroit. So we have two forces, both of which are really international business related, supporting innovative excellence in Detroit. And the international portion, of course, is uh, something our listeners like too. So you told me too that you've done some countries, country analysis on this. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Okay, let me tell you uh, two, two quick stories. The first one is about China. We've studied the innovation in the Chinese pharmaceutical industry. Pharmace- in Chinese pharmaceuticals are a very vast and very fast-growing industry. In fact, China is now the second largest pharmaceutical market in the world. Now, it turns out that in terms of innovation, the Chinese innovative system is relatively nascent. However, what we're finding is that the strongest sources of innovative inflows, knowledge inflows, into the Chinese pharmaceutical innovation system are not multinational firms, but rather not Chinese firms, not Chinese universities, but rather foreign universities and foreign research centers. This points to the fact that there are two kinds of connectivity going on. Connectivity has what in international business we call headquarters subsidiary relations, which we call pipelines, organizational pipelines. It has a personal connection through global diaspora and personal networks. We call them personal relationships. A lot of this, the Chinese innovation which is occurring, we are tracing this to PhD students. And these are individual connections where Chinese students coming to Stanford, to Johns Hopkins, doing their PhDs, going back to China, maintaining innovative connections, and this knowledge flowing into the Chinese innovation system, and later on into Pfizer subsidiaries and Chinese companies. Fascinating. I know uh, as universities we've seen an influx of Chinese students on most campuses in the United States and perhaps worldwide as well. Ram Adambi, he's the Frank uh, Speakman Professor of Strategy in the Fox School of Business at Temple University. Look up I Begin. It's a fascinating research story that has implications for companies and countries. Thank you, Ram. This is the Global Edge Business Beat on the Michigan Business Network.